Hi, and welcome to a very special episode of Ruin My Life. An addendum. A sh- an addendum episode. <laughs> a supplemental episode. This is a show normally about forcing your friends to like the things you like. Uh, this, this episode, it's about forcing your friends to endure the things you've endured. S- me speaking right now is Jason Edwards. <laughs> I'm Kelsey Goldman. My, my friend is Kelsey Goldman. Oh, no. And I have, you know, since we undertook this project to ruin, ruin one another's lives, uh, you know, there's, there's been some, some, some chatter, some confusion about, well, what does that mean? Ruin my life? Sounds like a bad thing to ruin somebody's life. Why would you want to ruin somebody's life? To which I say, shut up and listen to me <laughs> because it's ironic. Indeed. But. <laughs> but sometimes it's not ironic. <laughs> In this case, we're talking about a movie. Let's just get it out there. I feel like it's like a dark cloud hovering overhead and the longer we put off saying it the more powerful it gets kelsey we watched fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald the crimes of grindelwald the second fantastic beast movie and now 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 constant listeners may know that not only did we do a seven part series on the harry potter books uh, you know also good books by the way still feel pretty good about them. yeah we we, we really dissected them despite you know, the over 10 hours of content there beautiful <laughs> go back and check that out if you haven't real classic run yeah Maybe our, our peak era. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. And, and you also may know, close listeners may know, that uh, Sarah and I, when Kelsey was unavailable, yeah. recorded our own impromptu commentary track for the first Fantastic Beasts movie, mm-hmm. which is not a good movie, as it turns out. But it's not horrible. <laughs> the, the problem with that movie is that there's just not much of a movie there. Yeah. And then at the end, when you're already feeling sort of deflated and underwhelmed, Johnny Depp shows up, oh. and he just leaves you with a really bad taste in your mouth. Anyway, but this this episode, this episode is yet another addendum to the Harry Potter series. Yes, this is this is, this is perhaps non-canonical. Well, it's canonical because the Harry Potter series is yeah. part of our canonical episodes, but it is an addendum. Yes. This is like the Cimmerillion. Yes. I assume... Haven't read that or the Lord of the Rings books, but that's how I imagine it. <laughs> it's an addition to the, to the lore. Yeah. It is, it is true in the world, but it's not necessarily part of the main sequence of events. It's true. And, and so, that's how we feel about this episode of the podcast as well. Yeah. little background. I saw Crimes of Grindelwald maybe opening weekend, certainly in the first week of its release. Yeah. And I was taken aback, horrified in many ways, bored, dismayed, frustrated, in equal measure. And... You know, and honestly, it, w- it was the worst thing I saw last year. You saw some bad shit last year. I saw some year. bad movies. I saw Gotti last year. Ooh. God, compared to this, Gotti is, first of all, it's, like, it's a brisk 90 minutes. <laughs> which this, even though it's kind of short for a blockbuster, it's only two hours and like 10 minutes long, which yeah. nowadays is pretty short. Yeah. Still feels like an eternity. <laughs> uh, but it, it just, it, it's so full from top to bottom of baffling and r- poor decisions. So I saw it then. Kelsey did not see it then. Yeah. You were out of town. You were in... I was in Thailand. Thailand. Uh, making the, uh, a great choice. Yeah. Great alternative to seeing Fantastic Beasts. Even yeah. with your, all your friends around you, it was a lonely, miserable experience. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I wanted to be the one to show it to you because I wanted to see your reaction. And it did not disappoint. I'm glad. I'm glad my reactions did not disappoint. So we're going to talk about that and how it... I think probably ruined my life a little more than Jason's because I had slightly more investment in this in the world. But um, when I saw this movie, I had not finished book seven. Right. I, I may not even have begun book seven. Right. Where I was like, I've been in this fandom and I care about this world for a, a good portion of my life, <laughs> more than half. <laughs> so um, I have some feelings 
And I'm sorry if I get angry. <laughs> but not really, because I'm angry. Well, I, my my feelings have, have, you know, they've they've been a little subdued. Uh, watching it the second time, I was able to sort of know what I was in for, and I sort of was able to get my head around what was happening in a way that I was not when I first watched it. When you first watch this thing, it's like sound and noise, and you don't know what's happening. But every every time you get clarity, it's bad. Every time anything is made like clear to you and you understand what the significance of an event is, it is upsetting and wrong. So what we're going to do is we're going to work through the plot summary from uh, harrypotter.fandom.com, which is a very useful resource for me, especially when we were doing these episodes before. <laughs> and now, because I don't have to formulate my own plot summary because this, this movie sucks. <laughs> so we're going to work through that and just go through chronologically and just sort of, you know, we'll just kick it back and forth. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. In 1927... Mm -hmm. The powerful dark wizard. Actually, can we stop there? Because <laughs> I have some feelings about the timeline. Okay, okay. All right, sure, let's go. Because we we realized, like, sort of, I think over halfway through this movie, I was trying to place when it was supposed to happen. Because the first one I knew was in the twenties, and I was like, it can't be, it can't be like the thirties yet, because it's it's been they establish at the beginning that it's been I think nine months since the first one happened, six to nine months mm -hmm. since the first one happened. And so I just have some feelings about the timeline, right? Because, I mean, I guess we can get into this in the plot summary too. Because at the offset of the movie, Grindelwald is supposedly already a powerful dark wizard that everyone knows about. And my understanding is that Grindelwald is supposed to be the like wizard parallel to Hitler. A thing which is established <laughs> in the books, which this movie sort of complicates yeah. in a... Not so fun way. And like, so where I always assumed that after watching the first movie, when we got the reveal that it was going to, well, that it was like going to be a, like the, these five movies, because there's supposed to be five of them, were going to be like his God. slow rise to power and they would end with his big fight with Dumbledore. But the way that this movie plays it is that he's already in power. Yeah, it basically seems like he was already doing his thing. Yeah. And then this like six month prison sentence was like just a stop off before he went back and started doing the exact same thing over again. Right. Um, other issues with the timeline are we'll get to them when we get to there's, them. There's some pretty there's one really big one. <laughs> but I just I just want to start off that I have issues with the timeline and the relative places that characters are in their lives. And that's only really because we are choosing to integrate established canon characters into this what was unestablished other than like we knew this was a character world like we could have just stayed in like newt scamander's little world and the characters that we started with and built in the first movie because those were all characters that we could play with and not mess up anything but we didn't do that where was i oh yes in 1927 <laughs> the powerful dark wizard gellert grindelwald is being held prisoner by the magical congress of the united states of america except it's not okay we can stop there so uh, yeah, they, they, this plot summary listed as, as Makusa, which is what it was called in the first yes. uh, film. But in fact, they on screen, I think in dialogue in this movie, mm -hmm. they call it the, what, the American Ministry? Ministry of Magic, yeah. Which is a very boring name. Yeah, and why was would you, way better. It, and why do you need to change it? Was that too complicated? Half the fun of what I thought was going to be the, this series was like seeing what the magical infrastructure is like in other countries. And they basically just retconned all the cool stuff they did in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> and just made it, oh, no, it's just like the UK that we already know about, but in America. Because she's the president in the first one. And I don't even know if she's the minister in this one or if she's... Uh... They don't spend a lot of time there, though. Anyway, we got we to gotta keep because, going. Because when departing New York for transfer back to London, he is freed by a follower 
and former uh, Makusa employee Abernathy. Was Abernathy in the first movie? Maybe. He, the, the, this movie sort of treats him as if he were, but I don't. Yeah. And he looks kind of familiar, but he also yeah. kind of looks like Ezra Miller a little bit. Yeah, he maybe just has one of those faces. He looks like a cross between Ezra Miller and like Max Greenfield. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Gr- Grindelwald dispatches the guards and escapes. Now, this sequence is the opening sequence of the movie. And watching it both times, my central thought is, what are we supposed to care about? Because Grindelwald's plan of escaping isn't clever or surprising or exciting it's just it's kind of confusing yeah because he's he's swapped places with with abernathy yeah there, but, there's a polyjuice or some sort of like face changing magic happening but but the abernathy but the, but the grindelwald who gets on the the thing to to be transferred is is abernathy yeah that's, that's abernathy yeah so grindelwald as abernathy then like after like the ship flies off the you know the vegetables fly fly away a little magical yeah. carriage he like zaps himself onto the mm-hmm. the, the transport vessel mm-hmm. so he breaks into his own prison transport for reasons that are honestly I, I i feel like i got it this time well he has to get the thing yeah he has to get the vial which we don't know what it is yet it's dumb but it's very dumb it's very dumb it's a vial and he needs it but you don't know that going into the movie no so like and you, you're just like why is all you see happening? is a guy like who staged his own escape from a place he'd already could just walk out from because he switched bodies with yeah not switch bodies, but you know, yeah, you switch yeah. appearances with a, with a with a free person. It's very it's weird. very confusing, and you don't know what you're supposed to care about. We don't know why we're supposed to care about it. If if Abernathy was a character who had some sort of weight or meaning to the story, that would make sense because like, oh, I gotta get Abernathy. He's a or if he's a character that we could grasp in any way, but he has he is there's nothing to this character. So we we are in like it's like a ten minute CGI like wizard chase scene, which is kind of like the um chase scene from a movie seven part one, but less like with no yeah. meaning just completely devoid of any impact <laughs> but he gets away grindelwald and abernathy are free three months later newt's commander <laughs> oh boy america's favorite well he's in britain now but, but beloved wonderkind mm-hmm. of the of stage and screen newt's commander is appealing to the british ministry of magic or as he would call it the ministry, ministry of, of magic. magic but he doesn't call it that does he no no they're in the american ministry of magic are they and someone calls it the american ministry of magic at one point I think People, they're in the British Ministry. No, of magic. later on when they go to the French one, someone's like, "Well, oh, yeah, the... yeah, it's when they're in the French one that someone's yeah, like, sorry, someone says, sorry. this is the French Ministry of Magic.' But you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't say that. No. Would, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you wouldn't go into Congress on, you know, in DC and be like, "Welcome to." Maybe you would. <laughs> would you say, "Welcome to the United States Congress"? Maybe you would, but it's not like I don't know. It's weird. So Newt's, it's three months later, Newt's appealing to the British Ministry of Magic to restore his right to travel after losing it during his, you know, visit to New York City. Which, in the first movie. In which he, he he doesn't really do anything wrong. I mean, I'm like, pretty sure it's... Cre- Credence is the one who flips out and destroys half the city. Yeah. Newt, Newt sort of, like, tries to stop it and then captures, like, wizard Hitler. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not really sure why they revoked his license. I guess because it was just a big mess. Well, and he has, like, all those illegal creatures and shit. That's probably it. But he, they don't take away his creatures. Please, not my, my not my creatures. Please no, don't no. spam my spam my creatures. Uh, he he meets with Lita Lestrange, oh. an old friend from Hogwarts. Who again? Who we saw a picture of her ah. in the first movie, so we're supposed to care about her. This is Zoe Kravitz, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lita is is engaged to to Newt's brother Theseus. It's like they wanted one of them to be more successful, like uh, the, this objectively. Is, this, this is our beautiful son Theseus, and this is his stupid, <laughs> ugly brother Newt. <laughs> We even named him after a wart-ridden animal. Uh, during the appeal, Newt has offered his travel rights returned if he agrees to work for the Ministry of Magic alongside his brother in locating uh, Credence 
Credence Barebone, who was Ezra Miller, who we know is, is an Obscurial, who sort of like flipped out in the last movie and like went full Obscurial. And as we, we serve, think we're supposed to think is dead. Oh, but there's an, there's an indication at the end of the last movie that he's that still he's alive. Not, yeah. And, and Newt is the one that sees that, which is why it's weird that in this scene they're like, "Hey, we, you got If you, we'll give you your, your travel rights back if you help us find Credence." And Newt's like, uh, "Credence is dead, y'all. <laughs> Did no one else see what I saw? Come on." And they're like, "No, nah, man, he's alive." So it's, but it's weird because he's the only one who actually saw that Credence like a little slip of him got away. So I would assume that he would be the one who would know. Uh, yeah, Credence is believed by many wizards to be the last survivor of a long, pure-blood line of wizards. Who could that be? Uh, Newt rejects the offer, and the Aura Grimson is dispatched in his place, which is, again, a I just remembered nothing... how this movie ends, and it just made me so upset again. Gr- we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Grimson is a nothing-nobody character who just exists as, like, an, as like a shady yeah. um, ministry guy. It's really no reason for it to be in the uh, movie. I also want to point out in this movie, in this scene, they, they begin a, a thing they come back to like one more time in the movie where characters are speaking to each other and like, and they're staring straight down the barrel of the oh, lens. Like so right as, as if they're like... Like a which, point of view. Yeah, which is a thing that you do in movies if you want to make the audience uncomfortable. Yeah. And it seems like in this first sequence, maybe because Newt's such a shitty character, he has like, they, they've given him sort of like this fakey fake, like, like spectrum type sort of personality like you could read him as being on the spectrum yeah he's sort of he's coded that way yeah he's like you know he avoids eye contact yeah he's sort of like you know he has a lot of the, the tropey at least like um mm-hmm. you know manifestations of, of of that but so so maybe this could be like i thought watching it this time oh they're trying to put us in his shoes as like oh he's uncomfortable with eye contact which mm-hmm. is weird because it never really factors into the story like he still has like deep relationships with the people around him like forms friendships with people has in this movie three romantic interests um and uh, and also later in the movie they do this the same trick again with two totally different characters yeah so there was no actual thought put into why they were doing that and it makes you uncomfortable from the very beginning you don't know why it's happening anyway newt leaves the ministry mm-hmm. and he uh has a meeting with his friend dumbledore, Play, dumbledore. played by who is at this point 80 years old? Is that right? Who should be nearing 80 years old. And it's played by that, you know, octogenarian himself, Jude Law. Because, like, canonically, right, Dumbledore is somewhere between 150 and 160 during the books. So, which take place in the 90s. So, if he's 150, 70 years before that, he should be 80. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, it's one thing to say that wizards age differently, whatever, maybe they do. This, this, I have less issues with this than I do uh, of the flashback McGonagall. Because <laughs> McGonagall should, like, be being born. Yes. <laughs> and she's, like, shown as a full-fledged adult teacher. And the fact that Dumbledore <laughs> does not look like 80 is not a problem. Because he doesn't look 150 in the, in exactly. the other movies. Like, that, that's not a huge deal. But he should also be the same age as Grindelwald. Because they're meant to have been, like basically the same age or like the same within five or so years of well, each other. So Newt meets a Dumbledore and Dumbledore's like, I think this is where Dumbledore tells him, Hey, Grindelwald's going after, you know, uh, Credence too. I, I, need, I need, I need you to go to Paris to find him. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then Newt's like, I, I don't know. Why can't you do it? And, and Dumbledore's like, I can't move against, against Grindelwald. It has to be you. I can't do it. And it's not really clear why. And this is this is an odd scene for two reasons. One of which I'm just now is occurring to me. One of which is that Newt rejects like the ministry is offered. Like we'll help you if you go find Credence. He's like, no, I won't do it. And Dumbledore is like, go find Credence just cause. And he, Newt's like, okay. I mean that tracks with Dumbledore. 
Yeah. Second, it's weird to me because this is Dumbledore's first appearance in the series. And not only do we get a, a minor retcon that sort of explains that he sort of tricked Newt into going to America in the first movie because he was, he, I don't, it's so dumb. It's, it's like, it's not, it's needless. And they're trying to, I mean, the, my main issue with this movie is not only do they like retcon large parts of, of like Harry Potter canon, they retcon like stuff that happened in the previous movie in this series. Like, and not in a good, like, if you're going to retcon something, retcon the fact that Johnny Depp is Dumbledore. Yeah. Or not Dumbledore, Grindelwald. Yeah, the, the one thing we all would have <laughs> The one wanted. thing we all would have been happy about. <laughs> Nobody would have batted an eye if Johnny Depp was recast. What bothers me about Dumbledore most, though, and it's he not... He looks so weird anyway. You could have just made somebody look it's like not, him. It's not Jude Law. Yeah. Jude Law is doing a fine job. He's, honestly, most of the actors are doing an okay job. It's most, just bad. It's also, just, with one exception. I mean, with two exceptions. You have... a issues with eddie redmayne in general but. yeah but well, i mean one of them is a bad person john depp's a bad dude yes, eddie yes. redmayne's just not a very good actor yeah um <laughs> well except for his role in jupiter ascending <laughs> which is his least favorite role of his of his which means he has bad instincts <laughs> but my problem with dumbledore is that he's not he, there's no sense that he is any younger than he is in the movies right. he's filming the exact same role he's we a mysterious he's inscrutable man like working behind the scenes to make stuff happen but who can't get directly involved for equally mysterious reasons and i really i was excited to see like dumbledore i mean i knew he'd probably be about the same kind of guy like he'd be like you know whimsical he's not even really that whimsical because yeah. the thing about dumbledore is he's, he's like a mysterious like puppet master who's also like a whimsical lovable old man i think it's weird because like he has gone through like the major trauma of his life at this point which was probably inadvertently killing his sister mm -hmm. or like witnessing that happening witnessing grindelwald doing it we don't really know what happened there um so he's already gone through that a while ago but he hasn't gone through the other like major life event of killing grindelwald or like defeating grindelwald because grindelwald is not dead yeah um we he's on the path that he's going to be to be the character we know from the books but yeah. i would like to see him you know feel like a somewhat different guy right. like he's already the the headmaster he's, he we flashed back 10 years ago and he was already the headmaster then so no, he, he was, was a teacher then he was a teacher then yeah He's Although they retcon what he teaches. He's the headmaster now, though. Yes. Okay. I think I think he is the headmaster in, like, in 1927. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he's... But he's not, actually. Because <laughs> in the second book, where we flash back to the 50s, 60s? 40s. I don't really remember which one. Uh, I but... Think, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was the 40s. Yeah, like the late 40s. Yeah. Um, when Tom Riddle is at Hogwarts... Dumbledore is the Transfiguration Professor. He is not the headmaster yet. Well, maybe he's not the headmaster in this movie. Actually, maybe he's not because they they meet with him. But in he his is office. the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. You don't just switch subjects. Come on. He's he's he's, <laughs> he's the only teacher we well with one with one with one uh, exception. He's the only teacher we see at, at Hogwarts, and he like and the Ministry comes to talk directly to him. Mm -hmm. There's no sense that there's anyone above him. So right. like he is functionally the same role. Yeah. Even if he's not officially the headmaster yet, which yeah. I guess he probably was. Well, wasn't. And the thing is, I always felt that we're supposed to be like all the stuff we hear about Dumbledore, how great he is, and like and how he could have run for minister and he could have, you know, mm -hmm. been very powerful. I always assumed that all came after he defeats Grindelwald. Like that's how he gains his renown, right? Like he was always a very talented student and a very good, you know, like teacher and and you know somebody who always had potential. But I assumed that, like, all the stuff we hear about him in, in the books about, like, oh, you know, he didn't have political aspirations, but he could have, you know, done this. I would assume that happened after he, you know, defeated the greatest dark wizard up until that point. Right. 
but it seems like he's already you're right he's like already that guy yeah which is dumb there's there's nothing to indicate like nothing if he just like said who he was now and just aged for 70 more years he would just be the guy we know from the books yeah because he's is, doing with newt the same things he did with harry he's yeah. just pulling strings he's a little more direct he's a little bit more less yeah. fatherly but he's yeah. like because they're the same they're not the same age but you know yeah which is weird because they are because because he was also a student at some point, yeah. Yeah, like Newt was also is also an ex student, so yeah. but they have none of the sort of relationship that Harry and Dumbledore yeah. had. Not that I expect them to, because we had seven books worth of that to build up. But yeah. point being, Dumbledore is is I think the best character in the series in the Harry Potter series, and I think or the the most complete character, the most sure. interesting character. Sure. And I think it's a missed opportunity to not do something with him in this movie. Though they do do one thing with him, which is bad. <laughs> But we will get to that maybe someday. <laughs> this is going to be a long so, so, well, well, You're editing it. So. Well, we'll, we'll try to get on track. So Newt goes back home. He meets. He goes back to take care of some of his creatures. Yeah. Sorry, his beasts. Which I, I like always enjoy those sort of like little interludes in his, the, in his suitcase. Honestly, thing. the creatures are the best part of this movie. Yeah. Even when they're not, they're, they have no impact on the plot yeah. whatsoever. They're still fun. They're, they're, they're pretty well designed and they're like charmingly animated. They're yeah. fine little things. Mm-hmm. But this movie has even less to do with them than the first one did. Yeah. Because at least, like, the whole idea of, like, the Obscurial being a creature, like, and that was the main plot point of the first movie. Let's not get back into that. Yeah, I know. Uh, mm. But we, we see him taking care of his, his creatures in his big, like, because we saw his travel case before. Yeah. Now we see his home set up, his yeah. home uh, pen for his... his and mag- Bunty. His, his home TARDIS. <laughs> his uh, home TARDIS, We yes. meet Bunty, who is his awkward, nerdy, redheaded assistant. Who I love. Who is clearly in love with him, or at the very least, in deep lust with him. Yes. She thirsty. And he tells her to go home about five times in a row. Yeah. And she just hangs around, just like staring at him, asking him to take a shirt off, which I, I, I'm so glad did not happen. <laughs> but we meet, we meet Bundy, who was like established. It was like the, maybe is like not the first new character we've met so far. Cause yeah. I, I don't know honestly who has been established in the last movie or not. Cause it's, this is just a blur of nothingness, but she is like a, a major fixture in Newt's life. Yeah. We are, we are to understand they have been together for a while. At least yeah. they seem like they have a, you know, well, a she familiar she's relationship. She's like his research assistant basically. Right. But they, they seem to have a relationship. Yeah. And we meet her for the first time in the scene. It's a little bit of comedy. I guess it's meant to be. And then she disappears from the movie forever. Forever. Is never seen again. We don't even see her leave. But anyway, Queenie and Jacob show up. Yes, from the first movie. The 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 lovers from the first movie. Yes. Jacob Kowalski, the best character in this whole series. It's true. Uh, bar none. Bar none. So charmingly in, in, in acted by Dan Fogler, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, do you know the actress who plays Queenie's name? Allison Sudol. Yeah, they show up. They're honestly the two most likable characters from the movie, it's from the first true. movie. And so what do we do? We take a big shit all over him. Yep. So when we meet them, basically Queenie has has love spelled Jacob yeah. into come into coming with her to Paris to get married. Mm-hmm. Um and, and Newt sort of discerns this and unspells him. Mm-hmm. And Jacob finds out that Queenie, you know, uh, drugged him and abducted him, basically. Basically. And he is like upset because he loves her. That that is genuine. Yeah. But he, but he says, you know, you can't I, oh, you can, we can't get married. They won't let you marry yeah. me. They will like put you in jail or kill you if they find out we're married. And so, I care about you, and I don't want that to happen. So I love you, but we can't do this. I can't allow you to risk like to do this to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And she responded to that by again brainwashing him. And when he's like quite reasonably is like this is this is a little out of control. <laughs> and she's like, "What are you calling me crazy?" And she leaves yeah. to go find Tina, her sister. Yes, her sister. 
Catherine Watson. Catherine Watson. <laughs> Again, doing, doing her best. Doing her best. Doing her best. <laughs> One thing about this movie that also is a minor retcon is that Jacob, he's, he's under the spell at this point, but what, what he's saying here is meant to be taken as true. Yeah. Is that he, um, he you know, at the end of the last movie, the big thing was that he got his, his brain washed. He, yeah. he, he, he has mind erased. Yeah. Because he had to have his memories wiped, which is like maybe the closest thing to, to an affecting moment in that movie. Yeah. And this one, they immediately on that by yeah. him saying, hey, it's like it's like you said, the, the spell got rid of the bad memories. I didn't have any bad memories. Uh, which is super corny. And Doesn't, not, not even true, really. Well, I mean, the thing is, we've never seen a spell like that before in the series because it's like the whole rain thing. Yeah. So maybe it does. but Which was a fine image, but yeah. just to go back on it immediately, which yeah. they kind of teased that they were going to undo it in the last movie. But... This is the laziest way to do it. Just like, oh, that spell you said would do what it did. It didn't. It didn't do. So that's that's. So we 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 don't have to spend any time catching him back up on what's going on, which is fine, I guess. But yeah. So now Queenie's gone. Might have been nice to have like a. Here's what you missed. <laughs> that could have been. Well, that might have been a fun scene to watch. So of course that can't go in the movie. So there. So Queenie's going after after uh, Tina. Newton Jacob are also going after Tina. Yeah. Um. Because. Because Newton and Tina have a relationship. Kind of. Kind of. It's all like we're meant to, that they, you know, he promises that they write to each other at the end of the last movie. And apparently that's been happening. Because they meet up later in the movie and they talk about yeah. their letters. Yeah. But she stopped writing because she thought that Newt was engaged to Lita. Okay, so in Paris, Tina is also on the on the trail of Credence. Credence is the, is the, is the key to everything. He, <laughs> he is in many ways the Bucky of this movie. And much like Bucky, he is a blank, featureless slate. Aww. So she finds him there at a freak show. Creedence is there. He's part of the, the the freak attractions of this like traveling magical circus. And he's there with his buddy, <sighs> Nagini. Who has, gets to say two whole words in this whole movie. Man, I got, there's a lot of bad stuff in this movie, but honestly, this fuck, is, fuck is, this. This is bad. So Nagini is there. Nag- not as a snake. As a person. As a person. And the extent of her role in the movie is to just be a body there for Creedence to bounce things off of. Not even really that much. No. If you cut her out of all the scenes she's in after this scene. Like, honestly, she didn't even need to be there. No, she helps with... She sort of helps with the escape from the circus. I guess. But it seems like they weren't really trapped there. No. They probably could have just... Left. Left? I, like, I mean, I am very happy for, like some diversity in this movie but also this wasn't the way to do it <laughs> no well because the, the only like significant content we get about nagini in this movie is yeah. that we meet her and she's a a young uh young young woman yeah and she is as we are told via what might as well be voiceover but it's really like it's like the circus the, guy like yeah, the ringmaster introducing guy. the this next act we get explained that she is has a blood curse yeah so that every night she turns into a snake and though while and eventually she, she'll be eventually she'll become that a snake way forever. forever, which is, I mean, when we found out Nagini was going to be in this movie, I was sort of shocked and, and very intrigued. But I assumed that there would be some way that she was dramatically, you know, integrated into the action, and that her blood curse would be a thing that we learned over the course of the movie. Yeah, not a thing we were really told by a, a no-name a, character. Yeah. 
and then is like then she speaks two words the entire movie she doesn't even really become a snake again no she does a little bit but she doesn't do anything with it no it's so, it's very dumb she just sort of stands next and to it, credence it, throughout the movie it very much feels like they just threw this in they're like oh we'll throw in this fun thing because it has to do with someone we already know from the books and it's like i don't want that i want you to expand on the world not give me things i already know about if you're gonna do that do it in like an easter egg way where you just drop like like you have to be looking for it yeah pat Oswalt has like the ultimate bit on this regarding the star wars prequels yeah but as he he put it the best way i don't care about where the stuff i love comes from i just love the stuff i love yeah and if you are going to recon something this big it needs to it should at least seem like you're trying to add some dimension to the to, to the work but making nagini a, a tragic figure adds nothing to the original series but and like actively distracts you from both the thing you're watching now and if you like hold this in your mind anything you like anytime you re-experience uh her in her snake her, form, in her snake in the form original in the original series, series. although it, it does make I, one thing i do kind of appreciate in a, on a certain level is that this makes the sequence where she uh winds herself up inside of a woman's skin in the seventh book even weirder because <laughs> it's a, a woman turned into a snake, snake disguised as a woman <laughs> by the way that's hands down the weirdest thing in all seven books oh, that yeah. entire yeah moment is bizarre and now it's even more bizarre yeah why would you do this jk oh why it just it the whole movie feels like i don't even want to say fan service because it's not what the fans want it's like it feels like they're just trying to bring in things from the original series so people will be excited about it but the thing is like i was excited about the first one and they didn't really bring in anything from the original series other than grindelwald which you know, and it was only at the end and they should have recast him. But, <laughs> but like, and I, I don't hate the first movie as much as you do. Like, I enjoyed it. I mean, compared to this, it's fine. Yeah. It's just, there's not a lot going for it. Yeah, there's not a lot going on, but, like, I enjoyed it as an expansion of the world. It, it, um, it is a good, the best thing about the first movie is that it is a good, it is a good foundation from which you could potentially make new stories with these characters. Yes. But that's not what they did. But that's not what they did. They crammed these characters into a story that has nothing really to do with them at all. Yeah, and it's, it's, the, the frustrating thing for me is like it's just it's not it's not it's not expanding the world at all you know like i'm watching this because i want to know more about the world and like how magic is in how the magical world is in the united states or like because my theory when they said there was going to be five movies was that we were going to go to like the five like five-ish continents and like the first one would be in north america and then like and we'd see more things and like that would be really cool and like a concept that I could work with, but that's obviously not what's going to happen. Although technically still good could be because we did America and then Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I wanted to, I want to know more about the world. I don't necessarily want to, I think that if you're going to integrate characters that we already know about that are large characters in the previous series, you have to do it in a way that's so careful and adds, adds dimension. You can't just throw them in there. And I think, having Dumbledore in this movie is detrimental. And that's not Jude Law's fault. He's doing great. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't add anything to it. I think you're absolutely right. What is going unspoken there is I think that you do want to like, and I want this too. Like I want the same time I go into any sort of work that's part of a universe I'm already familiar with. You do, I do want the 
you know, to learn more about the world, to sort of see new parts of it that I may have been curious about before. But really what you really want going in is a story. Yeah. You want to be entertained. You want yeah. to like be, you know, you want to go on a, some sort of adventure. You want to, you want there to. There isn't one. There's, and and <laughs> even the retcons are so dumb and bad. Yeah. But if the story was good, mm-hmm. if I had any sort of emotional connection to what's happening or, or on any level, if I was even like excited for a moment or engaged in any way, I could give them some leeway on this. Mm-hmm. But they, they lay it down with all these like, these weird, fake, reverse fan service things. Yeah. And they cram in this lore from the from the movies. They make new lore that they cram in. And it just, it, it weighs it down in a way that is not only, like, confusing and, and distracting. It's dramatically inert. Yeah. This movie, as as a, as I, uh, a, a different reviewer pointed this out that I sort of, you know, took from them. This movie has no second act. It is entirely set up for the first two hours Mm-hmm. And there are roughly 10 minutes of action. Yeah. And that action is the most basic, like, literally people are put, like, are put in a situation where, they're, where they're, the only thing they can, they can do is make a choice one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's the most boring version of that. And this is jumping ahead a little bit, but we're talking about fan service and, and Star Wars in particular. And one, one, one comparison I do want to draw is between, so... Are you about to get controversial here? No, I'm not going to get controversial. Okay. <laughs> not, the things I'm going to say are going to be pretty, pretty down. You know, okay. I think I think pretty relatable. Okay. So this movie has uh, Nicola Flamel in it. Yeah. The the titular sorcerer or yeah. philosopher. Yeah. Depending of the on stone. of the stone. He appears in this movie in the last third of it mm-hmm. as a supporting character, mm-hmm. and he's kind of just exists to sort of give a little more context and, and history to the world. Again, he's a, he's an exposition delivery machine like every character is in the movie. Yeah. But he, at the and then we sort of see him doing that. At the very end, there's a moment during the climax where he sort of like comes through and like rallies everyone together to like do some big magical thing that's going to save Paris. Yeah. And it is so, it's so ridiculously needless. No one wanted to see Nicola Flamel do cool, badass magic and save Paris. No, literally nobody ever wanted that. Because my like, I didn't mind his first scene, like that, like that whole like sort of comedy bit was fun. Yeah, it's like, fine. He's he's an old him dude. And Dan Fogler. That's not bad. And Dan Fogler is again the best part of the movie. Yeah. So anything seen with him is is a. a but you're right win. about the the like I don't need to see him doing magic. Because I think <laughs> back to the Star Wars prequels, which and this, by the way, this this movie is is like Star Wars prequel bad, maybe worse. This is maybe worse than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I'll say yeah, it. Yeah. Because my, my <laughs> thing my thing is that. When Yoda is in the second prequel, he's in Attack of the Clones, and he's in Revenge of the Sith doing action stuff. He's flipping around. He's got his little lightsaber. He's doing force lightning and like you know having these big CGI stupid fights. That's dumb. It's not what we really want from Yoda. But Yoda is at least a character people care about. Yeah, this people is a have character an attachment we like, don't even care about. We've seen him do stuff. We've interacted with him in the world. Yeah. Nicola Fumel never appears in the seven books. Mm-hmm. We never even meet him for a second. Yoda, at least we have a, you know... We have a relationship with We have a relationship with Yoda. So seeing him do more stuff is misguided, but you can see where they were coming from. I have no idea what anyone was thinking, giving Nicola Flamel the big action moment in the the climax. (laughs) Well, look, I know we're running behind schedule, but we've done that now. Yeah. So I don't have to do that later. Okay. So we're in Paris. We're in Paris. Creedence Cre- Cre- and the silent Nagini escape, and they go find Creedence. They're looking for Creedence's birth mother. Yeah. Because everyone in this movie, even the character who everyone's chasing, is just chasing more lore. Yeah. Creedence is doing, a, in this movie, the least interesting version of a Ray's arc from uh, Last Jedi. 
Uh, they find a, they find a nurse who put him up for adoption, and she's a half elf. I think it's yeah. revealed later. Yeah, she's little. She's little, and that's like a weird like twist. And like he finds her, and he thinks it's his mother, and he, he looks he looks down. The camera pans down. Yeah, and she's a little short lady. And he's she's like, I am not your mother. <laughs> and she she put him up for adoption, but before they can find out like what the deal was with that, Grimson, the evil ministry man, shows up and kills her. Yeah, and of course we find out seconds later that he's working for Grindelwald, which mm-hmm. fine. But they they all they all get they all split up and they get away. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Tina meets Yusuf, who is another guy who's like roaming around Paris looking for credence because everyone in this movie is looking for credence no matter what they're doing. Uh, Yusuf is like a guy who's sort of mysterious at first, and then like he sort of leads Tina to his home and captures her. We don't see this happening, but then you know Newt and Jacob have a merry bit of business, like traveling to Paris, which is kind of neat actually because they meet the um, they meet a guy who's like sort of a back channel. Uh, port key guy yeah who's like an like an underground port key dude that's kind of fun yeah <laughs> uh newt does like a magic detective thing like he, he freezes yeah. time and looks into the past which is a really intense spell it, it doesn't seem like he freezes time he like uses some sort of spell to like see the sorry the um shadows of what had been in that space before he uses he uses basically the same spell that um will graham uses in the hannibal series um, again, a coded character of being on the spectrum, uh, but that's a good character. They then they track down Tina that way, and they then they meet up with Yusuf, and he tricks them all and like traps them all in the cell. Oh, there's he, a very yeah. And he's like, I I must kill Credence. He's my half brother, and I swore uh, the Unbreakable Oath to kill him. But then he immediately passes out because of a sewer parasite that he picked up. But we get a very graphic. We get some body horror in this movie. It's of, great. Of, like, new pulling the parasite out of his eye, but. Yeah. He captures these characters and then they immediately are set free, like in, within the same scene. It's so dumb. Because he passed out for reasons that are made clear afterwards. But uh, oh, we find out here around here, I think that he is a um, that he's part of the Lestrange family. Do we? Or at least we find out that he believes that Credence he is part of the Credence family. Is his brother? Because there's this whole mystery about you know Credence is part of this like old family lineage, and it's around. I think it's around here where we get like the. You know, the indication that he might be a Lestrange. Yeah, I think he, yeah. Yusuf thinks he's a Lestrange, but he doesn't think Credence is his brother. Lita thinks she, he's his brother, but his bro- her brother is dead. It's a whole thing. Right. <laughs> There's a uh, fun, <laughs> fun explanation later. <laughs> Miss, missing from this plot summary is the uh, is what Grindelwald is up to, which is he arrives in, in, in Paris. Mm-hmm. He kills a baby. <laughs> Moves into a house and stands around. He has one of his followers kill a baby. He doesn't yeah, do it to Yeah, we, we do get a nearly on-screen baby death, which, fun, very uh, fun. Uh, he's looking for he's, He is looking for credence like everyone else in the world. He, when the when the main characters are back in above ground in Paris, there is a very bizarre scene where Grindelwald casts a spell that puts a bunch of drapes over the city yeah like it's moving drapes throughout the city that like coat the buildings yeah. and pass over everything you can't really tell like can muggles see them or not i assume not yeah right but we're we're we're, 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 you know, we're to understand that grindelwald is going to hold a rally soon yeah. which again is the sort of thing you do when you're already in power yeah or like an established figure and indeed when we see the rally later it's full of people so he already has followers okay with the idea that he's already gained some followers and now we're just gonna see him rise to like the 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 height of his power because i do think he has to be out of power by the time tom riddle is at hogwarts right which is in the 40s right 
But still. <sighs> but anyway. But like it it just the timeline doesn't match up. Newt and Tina break off from from Jacob and because and, he and, needs to be in power for at least ten more years. And Flamel and uh, and 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 Yusuf and they go to the to the French Ministry of Magic and break in to try to you know find some documents that confirm who Credence is. Mm-hmm. They get there, the documents are gone, replaced by notes saying, "Meet me at the cemetery." It said Meet, that they were moved to the Lestrange. moved to the Strange family tomb for the climax yes. of the movie. There's some. Good stuff here because there's a creepy library lady. Oh, she's great. Who has a bunch of like funny CGI cats. Yeah. Which again, these creatures love them. Love these em. beasts are fantastic. That library lady serving some face. Uh, Leda, Lita, and Theseus show up too because Theseus works for the ministry, not this ministry, but a ministry. Yeah. Uh, we like the 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 confusion about who's getting married, who gets cleared up for yeah. someone's benefit. <laughs> I don't know who. I, I suppose for the audience's benefit and for Tina's, but there's no way to care about this at this point. Things are so muddled at this point. And there's no tracking what anyone's feeling or thinking from one scene to another. Uh, so they they go to the tomb. They go to the tomb. Mm-mm. Everyone meets up. Yusuf's there. Lita's there. They're all there. Jacob's there. Everyone's there. Everyone who we've met so far is there. Even even Credence and Nagini are there. Yeah. And Yusuf is like. Come, let me tell you what really happened. And the story is, and this is, this is when it really becomes clear that that J.K. Rowling cannot write a screenplay. That's that's my conclusion of this is J.K. Rowling should only write books. This is when it becomes truly <laughs> clear because what she does here in this sequence, where Yusuf is explaining the secret history of Credence or the secret history of whatever of the Lestrange family, I guess, yeah. or at least his his branch of it, yeah. is is the thing she does in all the books where there's a scene like yeah. towards the end where someone stop that the plot stops so we can explain what's been happening. Which works to varying degrees throughout the books. I think it works probably its poorest in the fourth book, where it's like it's literally sixty pages of yeah. one nutso guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it works fine in books because yeah. in books you like you know you're. I don't it's know. Still it, riveting in the you books, know? even though it's like it's like just like a long exposition. But you're, it's you're, not you're, just people standing. It doesn't feel like it's people standing talking to each other because yeah. if you're explaining things that happened in writing, that's what you would be if if it was actually happening. That's what would be seeing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the bigger thing is like at this point in the books, you're so caught up what's happening because you're actually yeah. engaged in what's going on yeah. that you're like, you're like, oh my god, but what this is like, it's hitting you so fast that you don't even notice how long it's taking them to explain it because it's like you're really caught up in it. Whereas in this movie, which has no momentum and no one to care about, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, now I gotta learn about what these people's deal is. Yeah, I gotta learn who what who Lita's dad was. Yeah, Lita's dad was a Lestrange yeah. who uh, brainwashed and probably and, raped and well, definitely raped. I just yeah. It, well, yeah, 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 I guess I shouldn't shy away from it because again, it's, it's a really dark thing to put in these movies, yeah. which are sensibly about whimsy and fun, on some level. The first one felt like it they was. should be enjoy. They should be enjoyable to watch. It shouldn't be a yeah. grim slog through uh, murder, torture, and death. Yeah. But he couldn't. He brainwashed this woman who was who was Yusuf's mother. Mother, and like and like you know, she died in childbirth. And that's yeah. why Yusuf's dad made him swear the unbreakable bond to kill the person who 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 um who uh, this Lestrange loves the most. Yeah. Which is a kind of a weird unbreakable bond to make. I yeah. use the word again, but I can't stop. Because why wouldn't you just make him swear the unbreakable bond to kill Lestrange? I think he was already dead. No, because because, because then after uh, uh, Yusuf's mother dies, yeah. um, Lestrange marries another woman. Right. Who gives him a son. Right. The son, we are led to believe at this point, is probably Credence. No. So no. Wait, yeah, no, 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 no. We're not. We're, no, we're he Queen's things at this point, yeah. but it's not what's happening. But like, so, so Yusuf's mom was brainwashed and raped by Lita's the, dad, and they and they were 
married. Yes. Yeah, so so and so they are they are. And that chi- the child of that union is Lita, making her Yusuf's half sister. So you yeah you sorry Yusuf is not a Lestrange. I should yeah, not. Yusuf I is not a Lestrange. I get confused. This part is really yeah. and it, it oh we'll get to it. And then, um, Yusuf's mom dies in childbirth. Um, As you do. Yusuf and Lita's mom dies in childbirth. Right. And then um, Lestrange has a new wife. Lestrange marries a new woman. And that woman gives him a son who we, at this point, I think are led to believe is Credence. Because Credence thinks it's him. Because Credence thinks it's him. Notable because Credence is white. This is a white woman. Yeah. The woman who was brainwashed and raped, a black woman, which well, cause it, uh, I mean, cause makes it even it, worse. It makes it even worse, but it's also like this whole movie where I'm trying to figure out how... Uh, Zoe Kravitz and Ezra Miller could possibly be related. <laughs> the answer is, of course, uh, sexual assault. Yeah. Um, uh, it's bad. It's bad. And it, like, and like a black it, African woman too. Like they're Senegalese. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. I mean, it's supposed to be bad, but there's a certain level of bad you don't want in. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And this is this is about that level. Yeah. And so anyway, so this this new this new white baby, mm-hmm. the new Lestrange baby, is. For some reason, taken to America. I don't recall the exact recall explanation for Lita why that. Lita and and the new baby are sent to America with the the elf. Right, because Lita still lives with with Lestrange. Yeah. So Lita and the and the and the nanny. And the elf nanny. Yeah. The elf, the half elf nanny. And the baby are sent to America on a boat in 1912. And the boat crashes, <laughs> and because. And this is obviously really poorly staged. Lita is like so sick of how much this baby's crying that she swaps it with another baby. Yeah, in the chaos. And then, and then, and then when that when they're like when they're like abandoning ship to get lifeboats, the other baby gets taken as Credence. Yeah. So Creed, not Credence, but as it gets taken as the Lestrange baby. Yeah. So the Lestrange baby drowns. Yeah. Uh, again, a, a, an image that recurs at the film is this baby's corpse. You find out at this yeah. point because the. God, we skipped over Lita's ten-minute flashback to Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh, I can't get into it right now. My. Lita, my Takeaway from Lita's 10-minute flashback to Hogwarts is that McGonagall is already a teacher in, like, <laughs> right, 1917 right. when she was born in 1926. <laughs> I cannot... Like, McGonagall should be one year old in this movie. And we see her in the flashback. <laughs> and we see her as a fully formed adult in the flashback. And I was angry and am still angry. <laughs> and also, we maybe don't... Maybe it's not fully 10 minutes, but it feels like... Oh, it's... it's- it feels that okay. Long. It's ten minutes of, of establishing just Lita's character. Yeah. Just keep that in mind for what happens next, because we spent a lot of this movie establishing Lita as a character. So basically, Lita feels guilty for accidentally like leading to her her, her half brother's death. death, and of course, this is like then she's like, no, Credence, you weren't this baby. You were the other random yeah. nothing baby who was also a magical baby. We don't really stop to, ex- to get into that because immediately <laughs> it's revealed this whole thing was. Not a ruse, but a sort of not even a trap, really. But they've all been led here so they can see Grindelwald's rally. Wait, now I'm beneath the catacombs of Paris. The fact who we know who Credence is and why why was he on that boat? Hey, hey, <laughs> we'll get to that at so, the end. So the rally is happening. Queenie's there because she's been sort of taken she, in. She's been taken. She gets like lost in Paris for like a minute and then gets yeah. taken in by like Grindelwald's people and now she's here at the rally and she's and, like and Queenie if you recall can like read minds she's like yeah, a very powerful legilimens like and so of course Voldemort's like you <laughs> not Voldemort uh, Grindelwald Grindelwald you know I know <laughs> Grindel- wizard, wizard Hitler Grindelwald gives the, is that, it's, it's, it's the rally they're all there all, everyone's there at this point point. Yeah. Uh, he gives his speech and it's at this point when it really becomes so bizarre that Giant Depp is still in the movie because A we all know he's a shitty guy and we don't want to we should not be 
casting him in roles like this because no one wants to see him around. But he's not only is he a distracting, unpleasant presence. He's a bad actor. He's a bad actor. <laughs> and he's wrong for this role. He's very wrong for this role. Because this role is meant to be like the Hitler of the Wizarding World. Yeah. He's a charismatic. He should be a charismatic figure mm-hmm. who is like you know whipping a crowd into a frenzy, getting everyone on board. Like for a more obvious parallel, like you you watch any Trump rally on TV. Yeah. Yeah. He's up there doing his his fucking bizarre thing, but the crowd is like. Eating it, they're like, yeah, it. we love it because that's what a rally is for, like a fascist, like demagogue like that. They're like playing on people's emotions, to, like get them involved in this this heinous, uh, you know, agenda. Yeah. But every, everyone in this rally is just staying there, stone faced, staring at this like weird mumbly guy walks around, like, and we no, we want to, we don't want to kill all the muggles, just some of them will be kept alive. For and it's like he's like, like I would be like, what are you saying, dude? He, 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 he doesn't even project. He mumbles to himself as he walks around the stage. He's very, very wrong to this role. He's and... wrong for this role, wrong for America. <laughs> the rally happens, and then the one big flourish is that, like, the cops show up. The wizard cops. The wizard cops show up, including Newt's brother, who's there now. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of them kills one of Grindelwald's followers. And Grindelwald's like, no, don't kill them. Go in peace, my friends, and tell them that they are the ones who are violent, which is dumb but also doesn't make sense because Grindelwald's whole thing is we need to exterminate muggles so why would you want to turn people against like the ministry because the ministry is not I guess they're I mean I see why he would want to do that but like why wouldn't you want to like turn that anger towards muggles maybe <sighs> but I'm well I'm, I'm, I'm buried the lead at this point I had we, stopped trying to make things make we sense we buried the lead here because the best I mean this is the scene where the, the, the worst thing in the movie happens morally speaking which is that and there, you know, our friend Dave, friend of the podcast, former guest, put it. There's no better way to say this. Grindelwald vapes out of a skull <laughs> and predicts the Holocaust. Basically, yeah. He vapes out of a skull and then they uses that that sweet sweet cotton to blow a magical like future spell into the air that everyone else can see. And we see images from World War II. We see the the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. We see like the Blitz tanks. And we see Europe being torn apart. We see Europe, and we see. I mean. It's people, it's it's like a death camp. Yeah. We see an image of a death camp in a Harry Potter movie. It's messed up. And so then we find out that, that, that Grindelwald's big pitch is if we don't stop the muggles, this is going to happen and it's going to like you know, fuck up the world totally. Again, which you, like, it's 1927, so all these people have lived through a, a world war. So yeah, that would make sense as like a pitch of like, hey, if we don't do this, you know, <laughs> this Hitler guy is going to really mess shit up. Which is a problem because he's right. <laughs> Like Grindelwald in this movie is is right, like he he's the thing is like hey we should stop Hitler. Even you I, can't make Wizard Hitler's thing. We should stop Hitler. You just can't do that. Confusing, <laughs> very confusing to me because so because I know that his whole his whole thing is that he wants to kill Muggles and he's like just playing off people's fear to do that for the greater good. But for the greater good. <laughs> but but he you know when you put a character like that in opposition to Hitler. In like a very clear way. Yeah. I can't help but sort of think they have a point. Because <laughs> I, I don't like Hitler. I'll say it. I don't like I got, Hitler. I got pretty controversial last episode. I'm going even further this time. Hitler's bad. And I think, you know, if, if a character was like, I'm going to stop Hitler. I'm going to be like, yeah, man, cool. You should. He's a bad dude. And I don't like what he did. So that happens. He makes his, his big anti-Hitler pitch, which is supposed to make us not like him. But instead makes me not like the filmmakers because they've played upon the Holocaust in a very crass way. Uh, and again, a Harry Potter movie. Uh, I know it's not literally a Harry Potter movie, but you know, it's, I mean, of, it is. It's, 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 Harry, it's a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> um, and then he says like, he makes a ring of magic fire. 
his his like massive followers just leave silently because like with no discernible spread emotion. his word i guess cool feels like you could have done that before i don't know what the rally the point of the rally was if you're already on board with this whole thing but they go off, and so we're left with just our main characters and some of the wizard cops. Yeah. And Grindelwald makes a magic ring of blue fire around like the, cir- the inner circle of his thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, anyone who wants to join me must pass through this fire. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the point where it feels like, watching the movie for the first time, I was mildly engaged here. Mm-hmm. Which I realize now is because this is the first point of actual action by any character in the <laughs> entire movie. At all. So that happens. Uh, well, Queenie joins him. Because yeah. she's like, he wants what we want. The extermination of muggles? I don't think so. I don't think she thinks that's what he wants. Well, no, but but she, but but she. I guess I didn't really pay attention to this. Like, does he say that we need to kill all the muggles, or does he just say we need to prevent this from happening? He wants the muggles to rule the world. He and wants and the he muggles wa- to rule he, the world. He, sorry, he wants the wizards to rule the world. Okay. <laughs> and like the supreme, they rule over muggles, and he, like he implies that they're going to kill most of them. Yeah. Like at several, he's like he's like we're going to kill. We'll see, keep some alive. But we'll kill. It's basically he's advocating for a gen- genocide of muggles. Yeah. Uh, but but Queenie just latched on to like, oh, he's not against, um, you know, he's not against inter- intermarriage, which is a real missing the forest for the trees type thing, yeah. Queenie. And so she she joins Grindelwald for with really very little motivation. Yeah. Uh, which is because... I don't buy it. Well, this is the problem, as you pointed out, I think earlier, or someone pointed out, that Queenie and Tina, their last name is Goldstein. Yeah. Um, I assume it was me. <laughs> yeah, having them join Wizard Hitler is not a great look. There's like one Jewish wizard family in all of all of the Harry Potter canon, so like And one of them is a Nazi now. <laughs> it's not a great look. It's not a great look. Uh he kills much. It's like it could have been like if you wanted to explore the idea of the Holocaust, it could have been done in a very a much more subtle, nuanced way. Cause you do have two Jewish characters here. Like you could you would have needed a good movie to do that in though. You could not have done that in this movie. You could have written an okay movie. <laughs> he kills a bunch of the R's. Queenie joins him. Uh, Credence joins him, even though Nagini's like, no, don't do it. It's like, why is Nagini against this? What is? Because we know nothing about her as a character. Yeah. So so, uh, Lita. God, Lita gets killed. Yeah. Lita dies for no reason. For no fucking reason. She, it, it's, it's positioned as if she is like warding off Grindelwald so that the others can escape. But that's not what happens. No. She just stands there. They all stand there while she gets killed. After we spent maybe like a quarter of this movie's entire runtime on her as a character and her backstory and her whole deal. So, she's, so that's all out the window. She's dead and she dies so that she can finally, so that, so that, so that um, Newt can finally choose a side and stand with his brother. So she gets fridged. So we have a fridging in this movie too. Yeah. We, so we're still doing that. So the others who are left behind team up with Nicholas Femel to defeat the expanding blue flame and save Paris, which when he leaves and like blows up the catacombs and tries to destroy Paris, like Grindelwald has this line like to the camera where he says, Oh, I hate Paris, which is supposed to be a joke, I think, but does not land. Cause did he hate Paris? We don't know. We don't know. And again, we don't care about Paris, so seeing people save it has no meaning for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the course of the movie, we find out this vial that Grindelwald had is the blood. From the beginning. From the beginning. The vial that he was going after in the beginning. He, now that, he, that the newt steals from him at the end of the movie. Yeah. Is a vial of blood that happened when Grindelwald and Dumbledore made a pact as young as young young youngins. Youngins. To never hurt each other. And this is why they can't fight one another. This is why Dumbledore can't go after uh, Grindelwald himself. This is like the dumbest shit. So dumb. Ever. It's so dumb. Because it's it's well, 
Timeline wise, Kelsey, do you want to take on why it's, why it's so bad? It's very dumb because <laughs> Grindelwald and Dumbledore are supposed to have been like teenage best friends and lovers, most likely. Um, it's heavily implied. It is heavily implied in the that books. There was sex happening. It's, it's heavily implied in the movie, honestly. Yeah. But then they did, they by the dialogue, but never demonstrated in any way. Yeah. As established earlier in the podcast, Dumbledore is supposed to be. 80 at this point right so this is supposed to be like 60 years ago which is problematic for a a lot of (laughs) reasons that will come to light at the very end of this movie um (laughs) and the idea that they have never harmed each other is we have to know when they made this pact so chronologically it would have to be before they had their falling out which the idea is but that was before they had their falling out but their falling out happens when they try to kill each other. They have a duel. <laughs> like, and it ends up with, you know, Dumbledore's sister dying. Yeah. And is that like, my question is, is that part of it? Like they made this blood pack. So their duel like doesn't work. And his sister dies instead. If that's like, explained later on, it will answer some questions. Yeah. But it will still, still be annoying. It'll still be annoying. Cause it dulls the impact of like two really interesting things because the idea that yeah. Dumbledore may have accidentally killed his sister and never knows about it is like, Going into this movie, the, my thinking, and I think the, the you know the consensus behind this thing mm-hmm. is that if there's a reason why Grind- like Dumbledore didn't go after Grindelwald for so long, it was because he was a in love with him. Residual feelings. Residual feelings. A very deep connection. Yeah. B, you know, shame because he's like was, was involved in this sort of like wizard supremacy thing at an early age. And yeah. He feels bad about that. And three, maybe most of all, is because he knows that Grindelwald is the one person who knows for sure which one of them killed his sister. Right. And he can't cope with the idea of it being him so he just avoids it yeah which is a very relatable all three of those things very relatable maybe not relatable but like understandable yeah it's a human emotion yeah and so the idea that we're going to take away take that very like resonant explanation for this character's action or inaction deepening dumbledore as a character yes giving an actor like jude law some shit to work with possibly (laughs) adding some pathos and stakes to this entire mini franchise and we're gonna replace that with a magic no homo blood spell is is so disappointing it is so disappointing disappointing. and my friends it gets worse oh it it gets worse (laughs) because after dumb after no after because after grindelwald whisks credence away to his mountainside hideaway we have the final reveal of the movie which is handled in with signature aplomb by jk and david which is that Credence was not some mere random baby on the Titanic <laughs> that got swapped <laughs> with a very important figure in the wizarding world. No, no, no. He was, in fact, Aurelius Dumbledore. Ba-ba-ba-ba! Now let's go back to our timeline, shall we? By the way, I have audio of your reaction to that moment. You I'll, do? <laughs> I'll probably drop it right here or at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Right. So the concept is that uh, Credence, who I will continue to call Credence because I refuse to accept this reality, um, <laughs> is Dumbledore's brother, born in 1912. Right. As established in 1927, Dumbledore should be 80. Right. Which means in 1912, he's roughly 60-something. Right. <laughs> um which would make his mother dead <laughs> in canon <laughs> dead <laughs> because the whole thing is that Dumbledore has all this promise right as a student at Hogwarts when he's a teenager and he 
um, was going to go travel the world with um, Elpheus Doge. And he doesn't because his mother dies and he has to go or his mother is sick or something. And he has to go home and take care of his family because he's now and his father's not there. You know, I assume his father is also dead. I forget the actual like what happens. But the whole thing is like he has to go be the man of the house. His father's in prison or dead. His mother, I think, is dying or dead. Um, so if they wanted to do a, oh no, Aurelius is the the half brother, that would still be. It would still be impossible. A lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. And, and and basically impossible. Basically impossible because at the time, like Dumbledore, at the time Aurelius was born, <laughs> Dumbledore is supposed to be in his sixties. Right. And Ariana is dead. His his youngest sibling is dead, and his. Aberforth, who is just a little bit younger than him, is like also in his fifties or sixties. Right. Like the timeline does not work here, and I am angry about it. <laughs> and there is an argument from some people there. There was after the movie came out that, in fact, this is a lie by Grindelwald. I'll turn, be happy if it turn, is to turn this powerful wizard against Dumbledore. But the, the, I don't feel that it is. But the, if if it, if it is, that actually might be worse because that means you ended your second movie with this big major reveal and it's presented in a very dramatic, like powerful fashion. That's actually just a red herring. Yeah. That would be so that as far as storytelling goes, that would actually be worse. It's bad. This, than this reveal, which makes sense, makes no sense logically. Yeah. But that would be such a betrayal of the audience's attention and trust, which is kind of JK's thing now, I guess. JK should not be allowed to write anything but books. Only books, JK, only books, only books. You can write them and just hand them to a screenwriter to make into a movie. That's okay. (laughs) Like even if, so Crush Child is bad. Yeah. We we talked about doing an episode on that, but we can just say here it's bad. It's bad. It's It's bad. bad. It's real bad. It's very bad. Honestly, this makes me look on it a little more fondly. (laughs) This is is so bad. Because Crush Child reads like bad fan fiction, but it has a plot. Yeah, but you know what's still sometimes fun to read is bad, bad fan, fan fiction. fiction. Yeah, and it has a plot. Yeah, it has a plot. It's a dumb plot. <laughs> it's a dumb plot, but, but there's a plot there. But I, I know what's supposed to be happening that, in that story. This just feels like an info dump, basically. It also has amazingly talented actors and stage effects that sell it through in a way that the visual effects and acting of this film do not. I, I think the acting was okay, but it can't sell the material. <laughs> was it better than Curse of Child's acting, though? I only saw the first half of the first half. Te- one of Cursed Child. But of what you saw. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> Cursed Child, okay, I've only ever read Cursed Child. Yeah. Apparently it is you know, there is there's something to be said for that it is maybe more of a theatrical spectacle yeah. that is built around this this. this I mean I didn't get to the, see the, the end, plot. but I didn't actually find the like stagecraft. It's it's really good, but it, it wasn't anything unexpected to me. I, but again, I only saw I think, half of I it. think you didn't see most of the good parts. Yeah. So I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as I understand it, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. But even that story is still stronger as a story than yeah, these two movies. It's a story. It's, it, is a, it is a story. This literally just feels like an info dump. It just feels like here's a bunch of exposition. And if I wanted that, I can just... Go on the internet. And the exposition is, is 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 bad exposition. Yeah. It's upsettingly dark and full of like tropics that are that are poorly handled. It is it contradicts other exposition that we actually liked from the yeah. from the books. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't do anything for anybody yeah. at all. Yeah. But I think again, maybe if if she had just written this as a book and she could have gotten well, the kinks well, out. Well, 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 no, period. Just the end of sentence. If she'd written this as a book, it probably would have been at least a little bit better. Yeah. Because she can write books. We know this. We know that. She has 
I mean, I know she had issues with her as a person and a political figure, <laughs> but she can write books. We yeah. know, we know this. And like, I like her not Harry Potter books too. Like I, I've read most of them. Yeah. Um, a casual vacancy, just a normal book. Yeah. That's fine. And the, the Robert Gilbraith books, the strike books are, I like them a lot. Okay. See, there we go. Like they're if, good. If it had to be a movie, they have a plot. If it had to be a movie, I wish you could have just written a fake book that no one ever saw. Yeah, exactly. And then get Stephen Cloves or anyone, maybe someone else. I don't know. I mean, Steve Cloves did a good job. He did, I, did. I didn't do he, it. He did his best. He did his best. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make a good movie out of the sixth book. Although, actually, he wasn't on the sixth movie, was he? It was someone else. I think it was someone else. Whatever. We can get into that later. Anyway. <laughs> but you have to have them come in and, and massage this material into a movie. Yeah. If it has to be just a movie, yeah. don't let her write the screenplay. She can't do it. She can't do it. She can't. I hope someone at warner brothers has learned to this and even if you want to argue that this is the second in the in a five movie series which seems awful to think about now it's awful to contemplate even if that's true and this is like just part two act two of a five act story there's i have no sense that this will come together in any sort of way because the second movie already doubles back and like rewrites parts of the first movie and it was written by the same person two years apart i three four maybe three years apart i don't know but there was it's bad it's bad. There is and no. And it's upsetting, and I hate it. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, and there's no reason to believe it'll ever get good. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, I, I'm so upset because, like, as a fan of this world, like, my dream is to see it expanded upon in a way that makes me feel good. <laughs> we talked about this in our episodes. How this, yeah. this series invites you to expand upon it. There's so, there's so much. She built this rich, rich world. And it's just like, I just want to say, JK, Joanne, please let other people play in it. <laughs> Get yourself a Christopher Tolkien, JK. <laughs> let other people do some stuff in it because you cannot be trusted anymore. <laughs> if you want to write a thousand pages of lore, that's fine. But you need to do that. You need to step away. <laughs> hands off. Let someone who has... The vaguest idea of how to make a story yeah. step in and, and take on for you. Yeah. Take and over. it's just like, it's, it's, there's so much that I would love to know about, but none of it was explored here, you know? And it probably won't be. And if it is, it'll be explored in a way that is upsetting and yeah. bad. And like the, I liked the first movie because the idea of the Fantastic Beasts, like the idea of Newt Scamander being the main character made more sense. Like he's in America looking for creatures that's a, a flimsy setup but a setup and he also he has no arc in the first movie he has they, no arc in general they try to give him one in this one which is like he won't choose sides and he chooses a side at the end because his ex-girlfriend dies anyway but like we've totally just come away from like the idea that this this series is about newt's commander and him learning about cool animals <laughs> which like i was kind of excited about <laughs> if that was what you wanted and it's not what i wanted but if that was what you wanted this movie even does not give you that no and i know it's not necessarily what i wanted but i like i felt like there there was a way to, t- to like i don't feel like in this movie there's any reason to have him as the main character there truly is not he there was a little bit in the first movie but in this movie there's none like we, he's inconsequential in this movie uh, every piece of the plot that moves forward and very little happens but everything that happens could have happened completely independent of him. Mm-hmm. The only thing that happens in this movie that involves him are things that affect his personal life and story, which are so hopelessly like lost in the, in the mess. Yeah. So that even if you did care about him and 
Catherine Waterston getting together. I don't know who that person is, but they must they, they must exist. Someone cares. Even they wouldn't get what they wanted out of this. No. And I think the thing is, like, if you wanted to write a... The only thing New does in this movie is that his little animal steals the vial. New doesn't even do it. Uh, oh. This movie's amazing because you can you can go through... Don't don't clip that. <laughs> uh, this movie You're is editing it. fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating because you can still... I'm still finding new ways in which it is bad. Like, it's not good for anybody. Nobody who went into this movie, no matter what you were expecting out of it, got what they wanted. This is a billion-dollar franchise. This is maybe the most bankable thing Warner Brothers has right now. Like, reliably bankable. I mean, arguably DC Comics, but we'll see. <laughs> but And they let they let this happen. It's real bad. Is there no, is there no quality control department at Warner Brothers? <laughs> I worry. I, mean, I yeah, worry. What happened to Warner Brothers? Ugh. So, yeah, it's just... I think that the most upsetting thing for me is that, like, I, you know, I don't think the first movie is a great movie, but I think it's a passable movie, and I enjoyed watching it. And I had hoped that it could be improved upon, but I did not get that in any way. It was not improved upon. I felt like there was a sequel to that movie that could be good, but it did not get written here. <laughs> I, I think a pretty fair estimation of the first movie is that it, it is slight. Yes. And that maybe a way to improve upon that would be to add some some weight, some heft to what's happening. But instead, they just layered on tons and tons of bullshit. And they, they took a thing that was already too light to support what little it had going on in it and weighed it down. They like put It's like they put a skyscraper on top of a, a hot air balloon. Because really, you, you fix, for me, you fix parts of this movie in the end of the second movie, the first movie, you just don't let Vald Grindelwald get captured. Like, he doesn't start this movie in jail. But it basically is, <laughs> is, is, is as if that didn't happen. Yeah. Cause you, so you cut out that whole first 20 minutes, or however yeah. long it is. You could have cut the last half hour well, of and the that, first and movie. And that also, like, is the idea that, like, this is a powerful wizard that people are scared of, and he can't be contained. And he is able to get out of the scrape that he's in, in the in the first movie, even if it's like severely damaged in some way. So he leaves the, he leaves the situation, but like he doesn't start this movie in jail. Cause that totally diminishes his power. Yeah. And it again, has no, serves no purpose. And like, we could start this movie with like, <laughs> here's my plan to take over Europe. I hadn't even thought about that. It, ser it serves no purpose for him it, to be in really, jail. And that makes me really feel like she is truly making it up as she goes. Yeah. There is no plan. She she wanted to do she wanted Grindelwald to get captured dramatically in the first movie, so we did. Yeah. She wanted to open this movie with an exciting escape scene, so she did it. Because like really, this movie should open like sort of like some of the Harry Potter movies do, with like this is what Grindelwald is up to. Here's my plan to take over Europe. You know, cut to Newt and Theseus and everyone in the Ministry being like, Grindelwald's on the rise in Europe. We have to do something. Apparently, he's looking for this boy person. And this boy is the center of the entire franchise at this point <laughs> so they honestly in order to make it like to live up to this like thing of him being the focal point of every character yeah they honestly they kind of had to make him be a dumbledore no other reveal would have been like matched the, like the level of anticipation built up around this character when we found out he wasn't a lestrange i really thought he was going to be like a gaunt or like some other wizard family we'd heard of but didn't know so much detail about 
But see, you couldn't have that as the end of this movie because the entire movie is who is Credence? Who yeah. is Credence? Where is Credence going? What is his yeah. deal? So you have to... Also, I don't think the timeline really works out about that because we know a lot about Voldemort's family up to a certain point. Not, not, nothing works out. Nothing works out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We could we could spend another hour and a half trying to fix this movie, but I think we should probably save ourselves the 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 breath. So, Kelsey, um, I guess I'm just... I'm sorry, man. Thank you. Sorry I had to see this, but I'm, I, I need to be the one to show you. Oh, it's terrible. It's not good. It is, in fact, bad. And what it's else can you bad. say? It's real bad. Special thanks to Danny about of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, from their album on Bandcamp. A special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. Follow us on Facebook. Rate and review us. Tell a friend. Maybe not about this episode. But <laughs> Unless you have a friend who's just really angry about Crimes of Grindelwald, because maybe they'll feel us. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know we're like six months late, but, you know, it's it's cathartic Yeah, in a sense. Or, you know, they listen to the whole Harry Potter. Yeah, and want to hear us, you know, And keep they want to hear us, you know, rail on some other you know, stuff. I, I just realized the problem with this is now we have to do an episode about the next movie. Because we have now done episodes about each of the, the Fantastic Beast movies. I mean, maybe we have to come up with a new format, though, because we did the commentary and this is the regular format. So we have to come up with a new format for that one. Anyway, Kelsey, I want to wish you and all our listeners a very happy, happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Where was the phoenix? He's a Dumbledore? Dumb! Really <laughs> Dumbledore we've never heard of before. <laughs> Even though we know there are three. But like this is so dumb. I hate it. Wow, tell me. You fucked up, JK! <laughs> you fucked up, big 